Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Now, uh, I know it's been such a challenge, hasn't it, keeping uh, the kids occupied and uh, that may not be uh, as big of an issue um, if uh, and when schools get back up and running, which is the intention this week and into next week and crashes. uh, But at the same time, you could very well find yourself across the autumn in winter, uh, unfortunately, and this is the reality in isolation or quarantine um, uh, as a family because of COVID-19. So what can be Done. Uh, are you conscious, for example, of the type of toys that you're buying? Are they inclusive for all children, all genders, race, ethnicities and abilities? And what difference do the sort of toys you allow your child to play with make? Well, we're joined on the line by a good friend of the Limerick Today show, Laura Erskine from The Parenting Expert. And Kevin Kelly is Head of Advocacy with the National Council for the Blind in Ireland. And you're both uh, very welcome. Uh, good morning to you. Um, uh, and uh, Kevin, I think we have to uh, doff the cap to Lego, don't we? A very popular um, uh, toy uh, among young children and has been for generations. Uh, but uh, they found a way to make it more inclusive. Yes, indeed, uh, Joe. Good morning to yourself and to your uh, listeners. NCBI has delighted to have partnered with the Lego Foundation on this very exciting project to make Lego excitable, uh, uh, well, excitable, but both um, accessible <laughs> for people uh, who are uh, blind and vision impaired. There are 5,000 uh, children in Ireland uh, who have a visual uh, disability. And for the first time ever at the end of this year, they are going to have the opportunity to play with Lego, something that is probably in most uh, homes where there are children. And they have specially adjusted the Lego bricks to match the uh, Braille alphabet. So we're super excited about this uh, initiative and we are looking forward to sending out 500 packs to children in uh, schools and various uh, services uh, early in the new year because the bricks are currently in production. Right. So does that mean that the, the sticky bits that connect one brick to another are compatible with Braille? Exactly, Joe. Um, yeah, a lot of people uh, were asking us uh, questions when this uh, news broke uh, last week. How would it work? So basically, uh, Braille, uh, for people uh, who aren't aware, is based on six uh, cells, similar to uh, the little dots that appear on Lego bricks. But for example, the letter A is one dot. So there'll be a Lego brick that'll have uh, the letter A. Uh, B will have uh, two dots uh, up and down, and then C will be one and three across the way. And then something which I think is really important about inclusive um, education, and I'm sure your other contributor will have a a view on this as well, is that the printed letter will also appear on on the brick. So it means that uh, sighted children and those uh, who are vision impaired will be able to uh, play together. And then Lego, having thought of everything, um, have uh, selected certain colours to use so that they'll be much more friendly for uh, kids um, who have... uh, vision and they're not totally uh, blind so it'll make it easier for them to identify uh, the colours. Right, so the very definition of inclusivity there for sure. We're chatting to Kevin Kelly who is Head of Advocacy at the National Council of the Blind in Ireland and Laura Erskine is also with us from The Parenting Expert. Laura, it really is interesting when you get the chance to observe a child or children uh, playing, particularly when maybe they're not aware that you're doing it and how engrossed they become and how it plays such a part in their development individually and collectively. Absolutely. And Lego is is one of those toys that uh, 
we see our children uh, start to play with from a very young age, uh, from from as young as 12 months uh, with the, the Duplo bricks, um, all the way up to, you know, into their teens. They have managed to make Lego uh, progressive so that it's interesting to children and teenagers uh, and even adults um, and, uh, to play together, to play collaboratively, uh, to communicate through play. And this next step of including Braille is a fantastic initiative from Lego. I only hope that uh, they decide to make it available in shops, which is, is yet to be uh, decided from uh, the Lego at the moment. They're, they're going to make these Lego Braille bricks available to uh, to various councils for the blind, um, to special education and need schools. Uh, and uh, and thereafter, then, uh, you know, uh, the ordinary parent or consumer may not be able to get their hands on them in the shop. So fingers crossed they become more widely available so that more children can can learn, can practice learning together. And Braille is like, it's like sign language, you know, it's one of those skills that um, children, once they start early, they can pick up uh, very well and it's a great way for them to communicate and, and it just expands our, our literacy overall. I mean, the thing is, of course, it's not just dealing with blindness here, you know, there are other challenges, uh, aren't there, for kids uh, and the journey to uh, integration is uh, can be a bumpy one, Laura. Absolutely. And we look at children who have special needs uh, for varying reasons. It could be uh, through birth that may not just be um, a sight-related illness, but it may prevent them to be able to communicate in the way that uh, normally developing children would. And, and perhaps these bricks could open a door for these children um, by the use of, of Braille. So it's something uh, that you know would be really nice to uh, to see more widely available, and indeed for parents to to get involved and get down on their hands and knees and play with their children, communicating with their children using the bricks. Uh, and it's just um, it's a really lovely initiative. We've seen Lego really progress through the, t- the times in terms of, of making their their play products available to children of all ages, but also being more inclusive in terms of the type. Uh, of toys that they have. They came under criticism uh, about five years ago for for developing a lot of toys that were very uh, stereotypical for girls. Um, They've taken that on board and developed much more, um, you know, STEM-focused Lego sets for girls, which is fantastic to see. And um, and they continue to make great strides uh, towards a a more inclusive culture for everybody with diversification. Yeah. um, Kevin, um, how quickly do children start to sense difference um, among each other? And how important is it uh, then to um, begin the education process as quickly as we can? Yeah, that's a really interesting uh, question, uh, Joe. And the NCBI's children team uh, pay a lot of attention to this uh, topic and um, it happens uh, quite quickly. Obviously, it happens uh, differently uh, for each child because all children are thankfully uh, unique. But I would say from the age of uh, two onwards, and um, I have had uh, advocacy camps uh, for children uh, down through the years. And when you talk to them about issues or challenges that uh, face them, one that often comes up is feeling uh, precluded um, or excluded from certain activities and games and so on and so forth. So as we were saying at the outset, uh, Lego is something that's in every uh, household, every children, uh, child at some point or another has played uh, with Lego. But if you were a blind uh, child uh, up until uh, 
now you wouldn't have been able to fully partake in, in, the, in, that, in that game and that must be very um, hurtful uh, for uh, children. Mm-hmm. Um, the other question then I suppose Laura that uh, parents very much have in their heads uh, this week is back to school, back to creche if their kids haven't been uh, back already and there's no doubt that there's a lot of tension around that um, it's, it's always a tough time especially when you're starting uh, kids in a, a new school for example but this time it's of a totally different order Laura it really is, and um, and we know that children um, learn through play, and uh, and indeed, you know, it helps to ease anxiety and, and stress. So I think the teachers and indeed the early educators in, in the likes of Montessori schools that will have new children starting uh, their their recce years. Um, in the next week that uh, they'll, they'll be very mindful of this and they'll be including Lego and the likes to help um, to help them ease back into the, the formal educational um, environment. And it is something that's worrying uh, for, for parents primarily and for children to a lesser degree. I think there will be a big focus on the children's well-being and their health and safety too, of course, over the coming weeks. I know that my own uh, two children who are in primary school, their schools both communicated with me that there will be no homework for the first month uh, while the children settle in until they establish how they're going to transport books home and back into school again without uh, any risk of spreading infection. And indeed, uh, the children who are starting their Montessori's for the first time, um, they're excited about the new environment. Everybody will be a little bit nervous on those first few days and particularly the first day but I will say to any parents who have a child starting primary school for the first time or indeed uh, starting Montessori is to resist the rescue and the uh, early educators and teachers that are there to care for uh, and help your children to grow and develop are well equipped at distracting children from their initial upset when they're separated from their parents and believe me they will be fine after five minutes. That's that's really interesting even the way you put that resist the rescue Yes, it's it's about, uh, you know, if a child, you know, looks up at you with their big tear-filled eyes or is crying and hanging onto your leg, that you don't show emotion in your own face um, about if you might be feeling a little bit upset, uh, but that you um, that you give your child the confidence um, and you exhibit that, that, uh, that they will be absolutely fine in their new setting and, uh, and to encourage them and, and uh, to go into the classroom to not rescue them and give them five more minutes or bring them back to the car to settle before you try and bring them back in again because really they're looking to you as the adult, the safe person, to uh, to show them that this new environment is a safe place. Yeah, I, mean, um, I mean, Kevin, it's, it's interesting because I, I could hear you agreeing in the background there with uh, Laura, but I suppose the big difference this time, and this is where you know there's even more intense pressure, is if you're a parent uh, sending your child into creche for the first time or into school, uh, for the first time are making the transition uh, from primary to secondary school, there's already a, a lot in that for the child and for you. But it, it, there's no doubt that there's an extra layer or maybe two layers of tension around it now. Oh, uh, absolutely. And uh, NCBI uh, have been receiving uh, calls from uh, parents for the last couple of weeks looking for guidance and direction because, uh, unfortunately, um, a lot of the communication that's been coming from 
the Department of Education has been uh, quite confusing. And if you just take a vision impaired or a blind child, uh, for example, uh, you hear uh, a lot of uh, how the school environment is going to have changed with the signage and one-way systems. But a lot of those things won't be uh, accessible to a blind or vision impaired uh, child. And the whole idea of keeping your uh, physical distance is a challenge for anyone who is blind or vision impaired. Uh, so it's really important that parents are there to reinsure um, their children and uh, we're calling on the Department of Education and individual schools uh, and board of management to think about the needs of uh, children who are vision impaired at this very difficult time because that adds a whole layer of complexity to an already uh, crowded uh, field of complexity. All right, well, listen, thank you both very much for all of your advice uh, on that in a big week for parents and for kids. Uh, That's Kevin Kelly, who's Head of Advocacy at the National Council of the Blind in Ireland, and Laura Erskine from The Parenting Expert. Call Limerick today now on 461995.